Some would always say, hey, you know what, being a syndicator is a full-time job. So why are you doing it? My perspective is the kind of investments we're doing, it's a team sport. We're not, I'm not the only syndicator ever in an opportunity. There are team members along with us who have specific skill sets. It's like running a business and somebody being a CMO, somebody being a CTO, somebody being a CFO, somebody being a COO, and somebody plays a CEO role. It's like having these carved out uh, lanes where you don't have to do everything and you're depending, you're trusting your team, a trusted team, to make sure they're able to perform at their level best as well. Because I'll tell you honestly, if being a syndicator meant 24-7, I'm out tomorrow. Because that's not what I signed up for, right? I didn't sign up for another job. Welcome to the Prosperity Through Multifamily Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Blue Oak Capital. If you are looking to take your real estate investing to the next level and learn how you can achieve your financial success by investing in multifamily real estate, then this show is for you. Our mission is to help you improve your education and learn proven strategies from industry leaders to help you master multifamily investing. Now here's your hosts, Cody Laughlin, John Beatty, and Brian Alfaro. Hey guys, Real Estate Cody here, and I want to welcome you back to the Prosperity Through Multifamily Real Estate Investing Podcast and part two of this series with our good friend, Socket Jane at Impact Wealth Builders. I hope you sit back and tune in. This is going to be another fantastic conversation that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. But before we get to the show, Brian and I are extremely excited to announce that we have launched our next investment offering to our database. Now, this is our second acquisition of the year, and we're really excited because this is going to be a unique opportunity for our investors to benefit from in-place cash flow day one. And I'm going to say that again, in-place cash flow from day one. But most importantly, this isn't about the asset type. This is about our investing thesis. At Blue Oak, we look for real desirable hard assets that are in highly sought out locations that have great risk adjusted returns with solid fundamentals to support it, hedges against inflation and tax mitigation incentives. And this opportunity checks all of those boxes. So if you want to learn more about our investment offering, I want you to text DEAL, D-E-A-L, DEAL, to 832-743-1400. Again, that's text DEAL to 832-743-1400. And Brian and I would love to talk with you. Now to the show. Yeah, we 100% agree. And look, I think the overall message, and Brian, we talk about this all the time, right? We, We don't ever want to take the angle of trying to convince or try to sell somebody on why hey, real assets are better than equities. That's for you to make the determination mm-hmm. for yourself. We we know what we believe in because of, of kind of going through those hard times and investment downfalls. You know, we've all kind of been there. So we know what our thesis is. But I think it's important for an investor, a true investor, to get educated and understand that the world is much bigger than just putting money in the stock market mm-hmm. and hoping and speculating that your wealth is going to double and triple over the long term. You really have to understand that there are stronger alternative assets like real assets that can really be a great addition to your portfolio and give you an even stronger, better peace of mind over the long term when it comes to your financial future. So, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think another important point, Saka, that we haven't alluded to that I know you're a fan of talking about is how powerful these vehicles can become when you're considering your return on time as well, right? 
day trading is a job. You know, the crypto market is on 24 7, 365 days, and there's no, you know, guru, you can't go down to your financial advisor, your wealth manager. They're not usually as savvy when it comes to crypto. So it's something you have to be doing on your own. You're checking your phone when you wake up, when you go to sleep, it's constantly moving. So if you're looking to build cash flow, you're looking to build wealth. If you're looking to have that, I like mailbox money, set it and forget it. Yeah. You have to consider the passive point when it comes to the time as well. And that's where these types of opportunities and expanding your mindset beyond you know the equities market and the day trading and the, the crypto market can really become a powerful level as well when you consider your return on time. Mm-hmm. You know, someone could ask a question, right? Which is, um, I, I've never been asked that question, but let's run through an exper- thought experiment here. Someone could always say, you know what, uh, Brian... Um, Sake and Cody and all those guys, you guys talk about getting the time back, but being a syndicator is a full-time job. So why are you doing it? So here's what, here's what my, my perspective, and I would love to hear your perspective as well. Right? My perspective is the kind of investments we're doing, it's a team sport. We're not, I am not the only syndicator ever in an opportunity. And if it is, it's probably going to be a very small opportunity. There are team members along with us who have specific skill sets, right? It's like running a business and somebody being a CMO, somebody being a CTO, somebody being a CFO, somebody being a COO, and somebody plays a CEO role, right? It's like having these carved out lanes where you don't have to do everything and you're depending, you're trusting your team, a trusted team to make sure they're able to perform at their level best as well. Because I'll tell you, honestly, if being a syndicator meant 24-7, I'm out tomorrow because that's not what I signed up for, right? I didn't sign up for another job. I'm trying to figure out how to leverage my time, how to leverage myself and my own resources to make sure that I can use somebody else's resources as well and we can combine together and everyone can thrive. What are your perspectives on that? Yeah, I know. I, I would agree with that 100%. And I think to your point, I mean, when we talk about syndication, I mean, look, what we're talking about is building a business, which does take a time commitment and it takes a lot of effort and grunt work. But the beautiful thing about a business and the best business leaders know this is when you hire good teams and you put good systems in place, it frees up your time to allow you to go continue to grow your business. But the difference is, is you have control. When I'm an employee, I have to go into my W-2 when somebody tells me I have to. I have to work the hours that somebody tells me I have to at a certain wage that somebody tells me Mm -hmm. I work. When we have our business, I can control when I go to the meetings, when I go to an asset, what assets I'm looking at, what I'm investing in. I can control who we're hiring, right? I, I'm in full control. I can take my kids to school every morning. I can mm-hmm. come home and prepare dinner and sit down with them at the dinner table every night. True. And I can work my entire schedule around my family time. So it's all about the time control. I agree. 100%. Yeah, the time thing is is really really important, and it's just something that a lot of people don't consider because uh, you know we have a good friend Anthony Vecino who who said this to me when I was getting started early, and he he likes to ask people this question. I always think it's important to bring up is: Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to build a real estate business? Because there's two totally different two, two different totally things. Different you things, are right? One hundred percent correct. Yeah. If you want to be a real estate investor, which how many people do you meet that say I want to invest in real estate? Well, the next question is: Is do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to build a real estate investing business? Now, building a real estate investing business, which is what both of us are doing, when getting that off the ground 
is extremely challenging. There's no sugarcoating it. It's not easy at all. Whatever success you see other people doing, it's the iceberg model where you see the tip of success and there's a million hours of work right underneath it. It's extremely challenging. If you don't have that type of drive and time and effort and commitment and the willingness to get punched in the face and hear a lot of no's along the way, you just need to be a real estate investor, especially if you have the liquidity and you're looking for a high return on your time, you need to go out there and partner with people. And that might mean a variety of things. Maybe you're a passive investor. Maybe you're a hard money lender. You're like, There's so many different ways to be a real estate investor, but not be the person doing all the work because it is extremely challenging and very time consuming getting it off the ground. Brian, do we have time for a quick story? Sure. I'd love to. All hear. right. On that specific note, right? So let me, let me share my first syndication foray where I thought I knew everything, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high performer given my own pedigree. So I don't, I'm not tooting my own horn because I'm telling you that for a reason. So when I, when I thought I knew everything, I went out of a tertiary market and found an off-market deal through my own relationships. From the day I identified it to the day we were supposed to close, and that keyword is supposed, remember that because it's going to, keep, it's going to play a key role in the later part of the conversation. It took me five months. I did not see my family. I did not spend time because at that time I was having full-time job and essentially running a full-time operations of a due diligence where I'd never done that before. And I thought I needed to do everything by myself because I'm like, look, I'm putting my own name on it and I need to be an A student. I can be a C student. And I did it fairly well, right? We got the property under contract. Everything looked fine. We got the loans and everything else sorted out. We had the money. We got it all done, right? So like now I'm feeling good two weeks before closing. And what happens our funding gets cut by $2.4 million, two weeks before closing. And that's when you realize that's what like, now we're looking for people for advice, right? Like, why can that happen? And what was told to us, and at that time I had no experience, so I can't really say whether it's true or not. It happens to one in millions indicator what happened to us. And of course, no one could have predicted it. We did everything right, but it still happened to us. We lost some hard money, essentially the money that was earnest money deposit, I don't want to assume everyone on the call show knows hard money, but essentially the money, the deposit money. We lost a bunch of that. We, we had over $100,000 in expenses. We lost a lot of money to be the first time syndicators, right? So to your point, Brian, it is easy on paper. Everyone's going to say it's the best thing since slice of bread, right? That you're going to make a lot of money. You probably will, but you're also going to lose a lot of money, a lot of your time, a lot of your, it takes a lot of sacrifice to get to a point where you really want to understand whether you want to be a syndicate or not. So the best advice that I have given to one of my friends who really think he wanted to do it, I'm like, invest passively, but be the most active passive investor, because that's the only way you're going to find out whether you want to do this full-time or not. And it's easier to do it when you're doing, when you have less to lose, which essentially means when somebody else is controlling everything anyways. So you're not going to make a whole, whole lot of negative impact in the situation versus when you are now doing it yourself. And worse on top of it is when you have other people's money involved in it. Because that was my biggest worry. And we essentially at that point, I think we did the right thing. We returned all of the investors' money. Like it's not their fault. We'll take the entire hit on our end. And that was okay. It was very hard. Because you know we had the money. Well, like you know what, let's just let's just go through it. Like no, that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is say again, your integrity has to play. You get temptations. You get a lot of things that you would want to do that you shouldn't be doing, and you have to be thinking it from a right perspective. So if you're not mentally prepared for that decision and taking on that responsibility for millions of dollars of somebody else's money. Um, you better think twice. Whether it's it's not just about making money as a syndicator. Yes, they get additional carried interest, but that comes with a huge price. 
that's another phenomenal point there because it, it's more so just the time investment and the hard work that goes into putting these opportunities together. But it's the fiduciary responsibility that you have to other people's very hard-earned capital. And they're putting their trust in you and your experience and your knowledge to go out there and execute. And it is a big burden. You're handling millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge responsibility. So you're absolutely right, man. That's a great highlight as well as it's not for everybody. That's a lot of pressure for somebody to handle. And look, it's okay to acknowledge that, as you mentioned. And like you said, just be passive. There's nothing wrong with being passive. Brian and I, we've been passive. And I'll tell you, it's great. Eventually, we'd love to be just the guy writing the checks and let You know, I would love. It's kind of funny you say that. I was talking to somebody else yesterday. like, you know what? I would love to just put all of my money in a passive deal and just disappear. You need a lot of capital to do that, right? So it's, it's, it's a path to get there. But I still invest passively in a lot of deals. Yeah, it's uh, not just my own deal. Well, and like you said, I mean, what a, what a better way to learn. Learn about yourself, learn about your investing appetite, mm-hmm. learn about, hey, is this the right vertical for you? Maybe you discover, hey, yeah, I do have an ambition for this, but it learn from the others, experienced operators who have gone through it, who have right. gone through those hard times. And again, I commend you on your grit. And that's the other thing too, is look, it's a bad day when you're losing any money. Not, but not just certainly- day, man. it it takes a psychological impact on you when you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in these deals to get nowhere and then all two two weeks uh two two weeks before christmas so you now you got to meet a lot of family Uh, announced mm. that you're doing this right perfect perfect Mm. conversation (laughs) the whole focus is on you (laughs) yeah man that's crazy but that's your perseverance and you being able to learn from that experience and apply those lessons learned to your next deal and the next deal and the next deal to get you where you are now. Not everybody has that grit. So kudos to you, man, for sticking it out. That's that's what it does take to be on this side of the table, for sure. It does. And I think it actually is a life lesson there, right? That there's no, and I think I have tons of mentors. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins, you know, Jim Rohns and all those guys where one of the things I've learned is, and I know it's a cliched statement. So I'm caveating with that is there's no failures. There's only learnings, right? Mm -hmm. It's a seminar. You just kind of assume that, hey, you know what? We paid some college tuition fee and the lesson I learned there, I'll never forget anyways. And you got to take things in perspective that there's always a way to make money. You always progress it, but don't lose that opportunity to learn. It's a hard thing to stay in that perspective, to gain that perspective, but that's probably the most important thing we all want to do. We want to enjoy the journey. Not everything is going to happen as we like it. Yeah, I 100% agree. And and Brian, who was it? I think it was Grant Cardone, maybe that mentioned like, we've got to lose our emotional attachment to money. And I know that's a, that's a very bold statement. But what I what I mean by that is, is we have to be able to remove our emotions away from our money when it comes to making investment decisions, right? Yeah. Take, take your emotions out of it. You got to be objective and you got to have the education to make a sound investment decision. But investing on emotional whim, which everybody does innately, That's where you get yourself into these financial situations where you're in this tumultuous cycle of being your own worst enemy. Couldn't agree with more, right? And I think that's actually a very, very interesting point that you brought up, right? Because that is the journey that I would invite. Forget about passive, active real estate for a second, right? I think if one question that that we can talk about the audience to do is, what is your relationship with money? What is it? Is it fear-based? Is it love-based? Is it jealousy-based? What is that? And I, I don't know the answer for everyone. I know my answer. 
I think I would definitely invite everyone to kind of think about that question for a second, a month or a week, whatever, how much ever time you want to spend it. It's actually going to give you a lot more insights by you. And ask that same question to your spouses, to your partners, right? Because investing or financial is a team sport, right? Everyone, uh, what, what do they say? It's never good to be rich alone. I think that statement has a very, very strong basis in there because you want to make sure that everyone around you is growing as you're growing. So that relationship with money, once you figure that out, actually, Cody, I believe that fear and emotional component from investing is you're going to be able to better address that. Because right now it's an abstract thinking, right? That let's just remove the fear. Well, how can I remove the fear? Because I grew up in poverty. So it's a very deep-rooted relationship, which is emotional driven. And it's going to be wild. Well, it's it's a true statement, but you said it may not be that easy to for to overcome that. And I don't want to say go to 80 hours of therapy session. Uh, it may fix you. Who knows? Uh, but there may be some something else come out of that therapy session that uh, you may want to deal with. So I think it's more, but ask that question, ponder on that question, journal on that question. And trying to figure out. Very, very relevant question indeed. And I love that. That's a great way to kind of wrap up that, you know, this conversation. And I, I think it's such a such a valid point, man. And uh, I think it's something for every investor to reflect on. You're absolutely right. Because if you want to get ahead and you really want to change your financial future, you have to understand what that relationship is. You're absolutely right. So Brian, any final thoughts for uh, Socket here before we kind of wrap up? No, this has been a great conversation. I know when people listen to real estate podcasts, they're often looking for the script, the recipe, the X's and O's, so to speak. But um, this conversation, you know, we talked a lot about all the, the the mindset and the other pieces that you really need, the foundation you need to be successful. So definitely appreciate you coming on the show and sharing uh, your insight and experience as well. It's been a huge value add to both us, Cody, Cody and I, and then also our listeners. I love this conversation as well. Feeling is mutual and I, and I hope to stay in touch with you guys. Yeah, likewise, Socket. And I agree with Brian's comments there. I mean, look, th- this. let's be real. This is a wealth building show. This is what we're about. We're about providing education and resources to people that help them change their financial future. Yeah, we're multifamily biased, but I mean, the conversation that we just had over the last hour can change somebody's life if they really go back and really listen to and take these points that you've made so eloquently and reflect on them and put them into their practice and, and really increase their financial literacy. And so that's what this is really about. So I really want to appreciate you know your wealth of knowledge and, and your expertise here. I would love to invite you back to the show socket so we can maybe get into a little bit more than nothing. Let's do that. I would love that. <laughs> I would love to I would love to come back. Awesome, man. We'd love to have you, sir. But uh hey before we wrap up here, we got a few more questions and then uh we'll yeah. end the show. Okay. Let's do it. All right, Socket. So tell the listeners, what do you like to do for your continued education to further your own investing? As I said, right, I have tons of mentors. I'm always looking to compress my timeline. I have learned very quickly in my life that I can learn everything by myself. That's not a problem. I have full confidence and I'm sure anyone can, but it may not happen in one lifetime. I may need to come back several lifetimes with the amount of learning I need to do, right? So I'm like, you know, what can I do differently is I'm always trying to find somebody that can help me get somewhere else much faster. Mm -hmm. So I have coaches for health, I have coaches for my performance, I have coaches for real estate, I have coaches everywhere. I'm part of several masterminds, several core group of friends who essentially talk about mindset, right? My philosophy in life is remain curious. You gotta look at things from a student mindset, Not not with a mindset of, I know everything. You may know everything, that's okay, but you always not know everything. Uh, there's going to be stuff that you won't know and somebody can teach you. 
So I look at every relationship, even in this conversation, our conversation last one, I've learned so much from by you guys and your thinking and your philosophy. I'm going to take a step back and reflect on me, right? How can I incorporate that from, from that? And hopefully I have several other conversations with that. So I am, to answer your question, always in search of people who can teach me something. It doesn't have to be, most of the time it's intentional, right? I want to learn about this specific topic. So I'm going to go find 10, 15 people who are good at what they do, spend time with them. Other time is I don't want to meet people who are just like me, which is fine to hang out with, but I'm not growing and I'm not learning. I want to continuously grow. I love that. I love that. I love that comment. Approach life as a student. That's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's powerful. And so looking back at your trajectory and your business timeline, what do you think would be that single moment of time or maybe event that really changed the course of your business? I think it really has to be the first deal that went south financially. I think there's, there's a little bit more life that happened to me, which changed the way we operate as a business now. But essentially that specific deal, because what happened post that deal was once I recovered was, uh, you know what, I need to figure out what I'm good at and where I'm not good at. And spending five months on that specific deal, while someone could have done it in two weeks or two months, that's debatable. I spent five months. That's the data I had. I'm like, I can't, for me, spending time with family was the most important thing. I'm like, you know what? I need to partner with other people who are actually better at what I, what, what I spend time on. It's a great experience for me to learn, but that changed because now I started looking at life as partnership, business as partnership. I knew intellectually, but now I knew experientially. And then the second pivotal moment in my business journey was more around, it was less driven through impact. So we were called a very different company up until last year. But since last year, I've lost three or four of my family members, including my sister, who's two years older than me, and my mom. And then I got pretty bad COVID. I was almost gone. So it kind of, to my earlier point about, you don't know how long, when I say you, not you, we all uh, collectively, we don't know how long we have this time on this planet Earth. So we got to lead with mission. We got to leave our impact and that's what the name came up to be, Impact Wealth Builders. And there's two aspects to this, Impact and Wealth Builders. Wealth Builder essentially is not just you and I making wealth. We do need to make our own money because money is important. Let's not kid ourselves, it's not important. Our kids, I mean, we were talking about, Cody, you got, uh, you, you got a three-year-old. I have a five and six-year-old. Uh, six, seven, sorry, seven and nine. They're going to kill me if they hear this podcast. So that happens. We need to prepare them to avoid the pitfalls that we all made. And, but there's a huge community that we haven't talked about, which is children who actually don't have access to food. They don't have access to education. They are the future wealth builders, but they're starting at a very different level, right? So our mission has since become is let's be the wealth builder, but not without an impact statement, right? So we have now sponsored over 20 students education back in India, where, because that's where I came from, I'm like, you know what, that's where I know the need is. I'm pretty sure need is everywhere, but that just happened to be one place that I knew the opportunity was there for me to impact somebody else's life. So we take our profits and kind of redirect them into educating kids. Oh, love that, man. Love that. And, and yeah, great job, man. And what we do as, as investors is so much bigger than just financial gain. It's, it's how do we impact the world around us. And so love that story, man. Appreciate you sharing. So, Saki, what, what advice would you give the listeners to help them grow their businesses? I think the same thing as I live by, man. I can't take anything else as remain curious, remain student, but ask questions. Don't be shy about challenging the norm. 
because you may feel stupid, but I can, I can challenge you within one month, you're going to, by asking those key questions that you think you need to know the answers to, you're going to become one of the smartest person in that room. Now, the moment that happens, you got to change the room. You don't want to stay in that room for too long, right? Because now that means that you've learned everything you need to learn from that room. Now go find another room where you can look stupid. That's the journey of growth. And that's not just for finances. That's just for everything in life. You got to continue learning. And the only way to learn is to remain curious. Love it. Love it. Great advice, sir. All right. So I can tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and impact wealth builders and get connected with you. Yeah, I mean, the best way is to go on our website, impactwealthbuilders.com. We're always adding stuff on that. If you want to learn my own story, I have a, uh, one of the best-selling books, Think Big. I'm a co-author in that. Uh, on my website, if you go in, it's a book launch page. Uh, you can schedule time with me. I'll just send you the book once we, after we speak. So don't buy it on Amazon. I'll send you a free book. That's always available. So, but if you don't want the book, you can stay connected with me on uh, impactwealthbuilders.com. Awesome. Awesome. Socket, appreciate your time, man. This has been an awesome conversation. Really enjoyed getting to lo- know more about you and look forward to staying connected. So appreciate you tuning in with us today. Thanks, Socket. Same here. Thank you. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Blue Oak Capital. To learn more about Blue Oak Capital and how you can partner with us, visit www.blueoakinvests.com. Tune in next time. 